welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to get into my message this morning and I'm starting a new series um, and it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. Go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Reading from verse 16, Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, And it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. Go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series, Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, And it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. Go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series, Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, And it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. Go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series, Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, And it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. Go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series, Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. 
This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, and it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series, Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, and it's simply called Go. Everyone say Go. go. And uh, I've kind of ripped off the uh, logo from the Go channel, Channel 99. Who knows what Channel 99 is? The Go channel. So is there anyone? Put up your hands and show me. So a number of you would recognise that on the back wall. Okay, cool. So I thought I would just uh, entitle this series, Go. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, reading from verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16, simply says this. This is after the resurrection of Jesus, but just before his ascension up into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, which is a lesson for us all. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This was one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples. It can be summed up. And if you're not going to have a go, get out so someone else can get in and have a go. And I think it's too many Christians. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything to him because he might have punched me in the face. Good. You probably need it. If they don't punch you in the face, I might come and punch you in the face. Do something. Someone, some beautiful young lady on the front row is missing the point. <laughs> Australia won. Yeah. It was predestined by God before the beginning of time that we win. We may as well call off tomorrow night's game against England. We've already won. Yeah. 18 runs, we got it. But it came down to one man. Mike Hussey who hits one six, hits another six, and he gets the runs because he had a go. It wasn't about, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to get out. I want to, I want to achieve my purpose for being here. Some of us, can you imagine, you get all dressed up and all you know, decked out in all the cricket gear. Oh, oh. There's a purpose in those pads. There's a purpose in the gloves. There's a purpose in the bat. There's a purpose. And sometimes we get decked out like Christians. God help us. 
I mean, this is what the world thinks of Christians. Because he had a go. It wasn't about, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to get out. I want to, I want to achieve my purpose for being here. Some of us, can you imagine, get all dressed up and all you know, decked out in all the cricket gear? Oh, oh. There's a purpose in those pads. There's a purpose in the gloves. There's a purpose in the bat. There's a purpose. And sometimes we get decked out like Christians. God help us. I mean, this is what the world thinks of Christians. Because he had a go. It wasn't about, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to get out. I want to, I want to achieve my purpose for being here. Some of us, can you imagine, get all dressed up and all you know, decked out in all the cricket gear? Oh, oh. There's a purpose in those pads. There's a purpose in the gloves. There's a purpose in the bat. There's a purpose. And sometimes we get decked out like Christians. God help us. I mean, this is what the world thinks of Christians. Purpose in the bat. There's a purpose. And sometimes we get decked out like Christians. God help us. I mean, this is what the world thinks of Christians. And while we sit around and do nothing and don't show them any different, that's the image they're left with. That's why the bloke is so important. Because any guy who rocks up like this, he's not welcome. I'm going to punch him in the face myself. I'll recommend another church he goes to. Over. Give him some money. Help him. Do something. We've got to do something. The early church were committed to going beyond its four walls and reaching the community that they lived in and the world in which they lived. And you and I should be doing the same. It's going to look different for different people, but it's got to look like something. It can't look like nothing. It's got to look like something. Because my biggest concern is, if we are not involved in mission... We're going to get bored. And that's what happens. There's a couple of groups of people that are in the life of the church, not just this one, but church in general, particularly in the Western world, that get bored. And one of them are those groups that hit late teens, early 20s. They get bored. Because up until then, they have been mollycoddled, and rightly so. They've been looked after by their mum and their dad. Then they get involved in a good church and they're looked after by Victory Kids teachers. And then they're looked after by Rage 
kid, age age teachers. And then they're looked after by the youth. And all their life, they've just been looked after and fed and given and given and given. And then they get to say, oh, you know, youth's not really my thing. That's fine. I, I understand. We can grow out of that. I get that. I've got no problem with that. But what I can't get over is a hand me out. I said, okay, what next? We need another group for me. How about we start doing something and get involved in the mission of reaching people? Instead of just, I need another group for me. I don't think you do. I think you need to get involved in the bigger picture. In the Western world, in this nation, you ask any church, people get their late teens and early 20s and then they start going away from church. Why? Because they haven't embraced the purpose of the local church and that's to reach out. By the time you're 16, 17, you should know that church is not about you. And if you haven't got that, there's something wrong, particularly in a church like this. Church is not about you, it's about us helping others. And if we don't do something, we're going to get bored. There's another group of people, they're those that are in their 50s, that have lots of experience, but because of that experience, they've been put off. And they just think, well, what's the point? But I want to tell you, you who are in your 50s have an incredible opportunity to help us and help the younger ones. And not to sit behind your experience saying, oh, no one cares, no one's this, no one's that. We have an incredible opportunity, church. And with no second chance at life, we get one shot at it. There is no dress rehearsal. This is it. This is our moment in the sun. Paul has had his moment. David has had his moment. Peter's had their moment. But this is our moment. And we've got to grab it with both hands. So instead of asking for a handout, let's get involved. I want to grab all of our young 20-something. I want to go start a church somewhere. I do. That's what I want to do. Because you're going to get bored and you're going to get, go away from God and you're going to blame the church and you're going to blame someone for something when actually, you know what? You were created to do something. Yeah. And so I think there's, there's other parts of Adelaide that need us. And we've got resource and we've got energy. We've got opportunity. There's a world out there that, you know, think Christians are like this. And we have an opportunity to say, no, they're not. And it's much better that we have a go and make mistakes than not have a go at all. There's, there's about 5,000 people from this church that go bike riding on Saturday mornings now. It might be a slight exaggeration, but it's, it's a lot. there's a lot. And Pete started that group, which is you know, all power to him. But yesterday he came off a cropper uh, and, and he's got this big egg on his leg. And uh, he walked up to me last night and, and, and said, look at this, you know, show me his leg. And uh, there was someone else who came off worse than Pete, who I won't mention who that is, because I don't want to embarrass Daryl. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm not going to mention who it is, okay? Because I love Daryl too much, and I just wouldn't want to embarrass her. So. And plus, I wouldn't want to embarrass her, because it was actually Pete's fault. <laughs> and so when Pete was leaving last night, having showed me his leg and whatever, isn't that funny, guys? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> With Neanderthals, it's like... <laughs> If you ladies are wondering why you struggle to identify with your husbands, it's because we're different. <laughs> Pete shows Sally, she's like, I'm like, oh, cool, does it hurt? He said, pass something. I want to know those things. That's why we need to have men's meetings 
where men can be men and not judged. <laughs> and women need women's meetings so they can have women's meeting and not be judged by the guy. We need that. It's, it's healthy. All right. But I said to Pete, I said, you know what, mate? It's much better that we have injuries every week. This will make you feel happy, Daryl. <laughs> than to not do anything and play it safe. Because if you just do nothing and play it safe, you're already dead. And I can't help but feel that the word to the church is wake up. Got these living dead people. Remember that film, Dead Man Walking? I feel like that's a word over the church. Got all these dead men walking. They're dead. There's no life. There's no purpose. There's no energy. There's nothing. All you do is eat food. It passes through your body. You sleep. And you do that over and over again. Then you die. There's more to life than that. There's much more to life than that. And when you get to heaven, you're going to have nothing to show for your life here. It's much better we get hurt. It's much better we get injured. It's much better we have a go and sometimes come off second best than just sit back and do nothing. Evil prevails when good people sit back and do nothing. This is our moment and you are not excused if you are over 50. You have your moment in the sun to play your part. If you are 70, it's not over. While you are here on planet Earth, you have a purpose to fulfill. And it's much better we have a go. And yes, you will get used and you will get abused. People say, somebody's a Christianity, people walk all over you. Yes, they do. Because we are a bridge from heaven to earth. And a bridge is meant to be walked over. It's meant to be driven over. That's what a bridge is for. You're going to get walked over you. Paul says, man, I've been stoned. I've been beaten. I've been whipped. I've been abused. I pour myself out. But I'll do it again and again and again. Because what else are we going to be doing with our lives? Setting up home? Are you kidding me? And I'm not against nice homes. But in 10,000 years, a nice home ain't going to help you. All that will matter in 10,000 years from now is what we did on planet Earth with those that God put in our path. That's it. That's it. In heaven, no one's, you know, all those great saints that have gone before us, they're not talking about the homes they had on planet Earth. None of them are. They're talking about the opportunity. Man, heaven's getting populated because of the church. That's all that matters. We have this incredible opportunity and I want us to be involved in it. Where are the young reformers? Where are the young people? They're just having a go. I mean, were some of you challenged by young Jessica Watson, 16 years of age? Could she have died? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, there is more life in that young girl than most Christians I know. Can you imagine her trying to get a boyfriend now? Can you imagine her trying to, you know, some 16 year old goofy kid comes up to her, I want to be your boyfriend. <laughs> And she's okay, dude. I've travelled around the world, circumnavigated the world by myself. What have you done? Oh, kicked the goal in footy. <laughs> you kidding me? You kicked the goal in footy. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> Just You know, when I planted this church, I was 25 and 25 year olds were not doing that back in the day. And that doesn't make me a hero by any stretch of the imagination, but we've got to have a go. I wasn't qualified. I didn't even know that I was ready. But better to have a go 
than do nothing at all. I'm actually convinced that God is using me just because I said yes. And some people sit back and say, I'm sure there's more qualified people than Tony that should be leading a church. Yes, there are. I'll tell you where they are. They're doing nothing. So God says, okay, I'll use him. I'll use him. Jesus says to Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's not really listening. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. And so he gets a rooster to crow. And then when the rooster crows, Peter gets it. Peter doesn't hear the voice of Jesus. He only hears the voice of Jesus through a rooster. God will use whatever. He'll use anyone or anything that's willing. In actual fact, some of us think we don't know enough. I think we know enough. How much theology do you really need at the end of the day to tell people and show people that God loves them? How much more do you need to know, really? And so this morning, what I want to do very quickly is talk about mission and us being involved in that mission, in us going. But I don't want to start with activity. I don't even want to start from a practical basis, which we will get to. That's why we're doing a series. But I want to start with theology, not ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is the study of the church. And often we can get involved in talking about what the church should be doing, but what the church should be doing has to be on an understanding and a foundation of who God is. Theology has to come before ecclesiology. Does that make sense? And so very quickly this morning, I just want to look at, from a biblical perspective, why we ought to be involved in mission. And then over the next few weeks, hopefully we get a little bit more practical and talk about what we can actually do and how that can look like. And look at the examples of Jesus, etc., because he's the greatest evangelist who's ever lived. And so some of the things I want to highlight this morning, number one, that mission is an attribute of God. The Bible says in John 3 verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave. It's just a part of who he is. It's an attribute. Mission is not primarily an activity of the church, but it's an attribute of God. In other words, when God reaches out, it's not him doing, rather it's him being. And in the church, we need to stop being human doings. We're going to start being human beings. Because if we just do, 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 we're going to burn out very quickly. This is not to get the guilts up. It's not to make you feel guilty that what you're not doing. This is an understanding. If I was to say, you know, who wants, who's going to reach out to their family and friends? We get, oh, I don't know if I can do that. If I ask you, who wants to be more like God? Well, God is a missionary God. God is a God that sent His Son. God is a God that goes. And if you want to be more like God, you don't need more prayer. And can you pray for me so I can fall on the ground and, and waste three hours of my life lying there doing nothing? That's not how you become more like God. It's just being like Him and then responding as a result. So if you want to be more like God, we'll end up doing what God did. So this is not just about the church. This is primarily about us being like God. Secondly, it is God's mission, not ours. God is a missionary God and it was his idea, not ours. Andrew Kirk said this, it is not the church that has a mission of salvation to fulfill in the world. That puts too much pressure on us. Oh, we've got to get this mission. It's not our mission. It is the mission of the Son, Jesus, through the Spirit 
through the Father that includes the church. In other words, we get to play a part in God's mission. It's not our mission. Like we're carrying the whole thing, like God's left us alone. God wants this to happen more than we do. So we work with Him. So we don't have to pray with stress and pray, God, help us, help us. He goes, I want this to happen more than you. This is primarily my mission. For God so loved the world that He sent the greatest missionary ever, Jesus. And we work with Him. So don't, you don't have to stress and strive and struggle and be driven because it's not our mission. It's God's mission. We just get our part to play. Is that freeing? John Piper says this, that mission exists because worship doesn't. That's why we're out there. Because people need to worship God. There's a God-shaped hole in every one of us. And if we don't worship God, we'll worship something or someone else. And so mission exists because worship doesn't. And while there are people worshipping other things and other people, we have a mission to play. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In other words, God sent God to redeem the world. No one pleased God like God pleased God. So God sent God. We can never be good enough. And God knew that, so He sent Himself to redeem mankind. And so God was raised by God. And there's incredible interaction and divine exchange that took place because it's God's mission. And we get this incredible privilege to mission with Him. But can I just say this, that the mission we're on is an impossible mission. It's something we can't do. Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we, we need God to do what God is asking us to do. And if you remain with God, you'll never burn out. The disappointment, the tiredness, the giving up, the sitting on the back row, doing nothing mentality in church, and you don't have to be on the back row to be on the back row, is because we just don't have the fire of God anymore. And what happens, we start with God, we get so busy serving God, we lose God in our relationship. Then we find we're doing ministry without God. Then we find it's too hard. Then we say, I can't do that anymore. And, and it's true. But at that moment, you're meant to realise what's happened, that you've lost God somewhere in the relationship. But what we tend to do, we don't get to that place. We get to the place of, I'm just going to give up now. And then we get to our 50s and we sit and do nothing. And 60s and, and, just, and, we, miss, and we miss our moment in the sun. And can I say there are some people in their 20s that are older than those that are in their 50s. And there are some people in their 30s that have made all their life now about young kids. Praise God for young kids, but they can never become an excuse for getting involved in this mission. In actual fact, we've had more opportunities with kids than without kids. Kids give us an incredible opportunity. Because our kids aren't perfect and they mess up, so I have to go around and see the parents. <laughs> My kids, I just want to say sorry. <laughs> gives me an opportunity to talk to their parents. Thirdly, without mission, the church ceases to be the church. 
I've already read it, but Matthew 28, verse 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples. It's one of the last things Jesus ever said. Now, I'm all for times of refreshing. I'm all for signs, wonders, healing. I'm all for a sense of community. And thank God for this sense of community that we have. All that's part of the church. But in and of itself, it is not the church. If we leave mission out of it, then we cease to be the church. We have been left here for a reason. Some people make church all about worship. Well, if church is all about worship, surely we can worship God better in His presence than ever we can here on earth. So if it's only about worship, surely God will just take us the moment we're saved, get us into heaven. But He's left us here for a purpose. If it was just about the presence of God, surely we can have the presence of God better in heaven than we can here on earth. He's left us here for a purpose. And that's to rub shoulders with our family and friends and people that we don't even know yet. That's why we've been placed here. And if you don't get involved in this mission, you will be bored and all of a sudden church will become meaningless to you because without mission, there's no point in coming to church. If you've decided I'm not going to reach out to anyone, I'm just going to live for myself, you're going to get bored of church very quick. And in getting bored, you're going to pick up all the faults. And you say, hey, Tony, he said that before. I'm sick to death of his stupid stories. I'm sick to death of when he puts on that stupid accent like he's doing right now. I wish he'd stop it. <laughs> but that's not my fault. It's yours because you're not involved in what's really happening. The incredible example we have is Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says, went to church as was his custom. He went to the synagogue and then he left the synagogue and he would mission, he would reach out, he would evangelise, he would love others and then he would go back to church. Because you can't have one without the other. Church without mission just gets boring. But mission without church, you just get dry. And you'll give up. You'll give up either way when you just take one. How many churches have been planted in the name of, we don't want to do church organisation, we're sick of being told what to do, we just want to get out there on the streets and reach people, and they begin to do that, but they just disintegrate, become nothing. We need both. You want to become more like Jesus? Well, do what Jesus did. He would go to church. And he would reach out. He would go to church. He would reach out. My fifth point, uh, fourth point, last one, is that mission starts at home. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Wow. Pray for me. I want this. I want the, the shake, rattle and roll. The power of the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. He says, but this power will come from with a purpose that you may be my witnesses. Not that you may roll on the carpet. Imagine Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will fall on the ground and roll on the carpet. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is that you be taken out. It's not like that. He says, I'm going to give you power that you don't have to do what you can't do without that power. You'd almost have to be a theologian not to get this, wouldn't you? I mean, it's just simple. It's so simple. Then it says, you'll receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were living. In other words, it starts at home. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't want you to get a hold of this message. Right, I'm off to Madagascar. Praise God. But if you're not being effective here, what makes you think you're going to be helpful over there? 
If you can't do it with good food and nice surroundings and the smell's not too bad, if you can't do it well here, you can't do it well anywhere. Don't come to Madagascar. You're going to be useless because there it's poor and it's smelly and it's a whole number of things. There's a whole heap of things working against us. So it starts at your home. It starts in your own house, getting your kids under control. Oi, that was my dad. It's interesting that, you know, the, the, the word to want to be pastors, Paul's word to want to be pastors, make sure you've got your own family in tow. Why? What's, what's so important about that? Because church is a family. If you can't get your own family in line, you probably won't get the church in line. So it starts in the home place. And that's why we're doing events like The Bloke. And I, and I get some people might be concerned that you know, us having beer for sale could be a stumbling block for some. But you know what? One beer isn't really going to cause people to stumble. I think the biggest stumbling block is us doing nothing. I think that's the biggest stumbling block. And so we, we, we've put on this event called The Bloke and we do many outreach opportunities like this. But let me just talk about this one because it's just around the corner. Because we want to reach men. And can I just tell you something about the church in Australia? It is predominantly women. And praise God for the women. Thank God for them. And I don't want women to hear this in any other way. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't back off because of lazy, weak, limp-wristed men. Keep being strong. Be bold. But if we're going to reach men, we've got to do things in a way that's attractive to men. So we need to be attractional and missional. Hence why we're doing the bloke. Because we're not doing a great job. I mean, thank God for this church. I think we're turning, we've turned a corner there. But generally speaking, more women go to church than men in the church in Australia. And the type of men that go to church in Australia come into three categories. One is they've either been made by their wife. God help us. And the reason that they end up going is because the wife wants the kids to go, but the kids will only go if the dad goes, particularly sons. Sons are looking to their dads. It's interesting that I serve on an eldership team with one of my brothers and the other brother, Baz, is very much involved in the church, serving God, loves Jesus. That's because my dad was a Christian. He led the way. Mum wasn't at church. My dad was. And I wanted to be like my dad. So you get this one group of guys that just come because of their wives making them. So they're there under duress. Another group of men come because they are soft, weak and nice. Just compliant. And it ain't the kind of man that blokey men that we're trying to reach really aspire to be like. I think it was Derek Prince who said, church is full of old ladies of both sexes. <laughs> and some of you say, you should, it's disgusting that Tony would talk like this. But I'm telling you, that's what people think. Just letting you in on a little secret. 
I know for me, when this call of ministry came to my life, I love God, I love the church, I love my pastor, but I didn't want to be like any of them. Because I, I was a physical guy, I love sport, I love getting in the gym. Uh, my dad was into powerlifting, he was into bodybuilding, he was strong. And, and, I, and I'd see my dad on a number of occasions hit people in the head and, and because you know, he, was, he was angry man. And, and uh, <laughs> I, I never forget it. I never forget it. One day we went to the movies, we saw Superman, the original Superman st- uh, with, with Christopher Reeves before he died. Old, old school Superman. You know, the kind of without the body stuff on, just the, the fat kind Superman and, and we'd been to the movies and, and, and these guys were driving behind us and they were pressing my dad and we was just going to go right into our driveway and dad thought they were going to you know, bang into us. And so dad whacks on the brake, jackknifes the car, jumps out the car, <laughs> grabs this guy through the window, starts giving him a mouthful. The guy behind him starts going at my dad. Then my dad's got this other guy pinned against the car. <laughs> Two guys and he's banging. Blah, 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 blah. And yes, he swore. That's where I got it from. These guys, these young guys went white. And I said, I want to be like my dad. (laughs) Then you come to church, you see these nice guys, nice and useless, doing nothing. If you want to insult me, call me nice. I hate nice. Jesus was not nice. People loved him or hated him. They didn't call him nice. You, you, didn't, you either loved him or hated him. You didn't say, oh, I was okay. People fell in love with him or they wanted to kill him. Such as men. But nice guys, they're nice and useless. The guys we're trying to reach, they want a bit of action. They want some competition. And so I'm being asked to be a minister. I'm thinking, oh man, it's Love you, Lord, but gee, some of your people's, (laughs) you know, and and going to the gym was seen as vanity, so I knew I would have to give that up. And oh my gosh, I'm stuffed. I'm hopeful. Oh my goodness. Then I've heard God say, just be yourself. The third type of man that you find in church is the sexual predator. Because he knows that his odds are pretty good at getting a girl in church. A place with lots of women. Sweet women. And there could be some in this room right now. And you're not welcome. But real men are. We don't want weak men. We don't want sexual predators. We don't want you to be here just because your mother's made you. Your wife's made you. Your kids have made you. We want to do church with such an authentic reality that it would be attractive to men. Because I'm convinced, ladies, if we can get the men of this nation, we can have revival. We can, we can see things change. I really believe that. You know the, the, the whole scripture that says, turn the other cheek? We interpret that as Jesus was so weak and so namby-pamby that he said that out of fear. Some of you think you're being such good Christians because I turned the other cheek. That's because you were scared. That's because you're a wimp. We think, I, I, I turned the other cheek. No, you were just running scared. Jesus, this man's man, 
I imagine Jesus thinking, I could take you, but I choose not to. There's a difference. That kind of men. That kind of men we want. They can exhibit some self-control. But not because it's so weak and namby-pamby, then put scriptures to their namby-pamby weak lifestyle. But choose to operate in self-control. I thought it was good. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was brilliant. And so that's why we do it. And the ladies, there's a group of ladies out there that need to understand what it is to be a real woman of God. And so we have women's meetings. And you can ignore them and say, I just don't want to go that and miss an opportunity to bring your friends. We will get more people coming to those things than we'll ever get on a Sunday morning. And you're missing your opportunity. While you put up your little flag and say, I defy, I'm not going, you're missing opportunities to meet people. And that's why we're here. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. Every woman of God should be at these women's meetings. They should. Not because you have to, but because of good theology. And if you're over the age of 18, or 18 and over, get to this meeting where we can invite your blokey mates. And we'll have a lot of fun. I'll share a quick, simple word, and we're going to believe we'll make some inroads into people's lives. It's either that or sit back and do nothing. And I refuse to do that. Because it's a beautiful day out there. I'd rather be at the beach right now if we're not going to do what we're meant to do. I don't love church that much. Just to come and just to get together. Woohoo, wouldn't it great? Not if we're not doing what we're called to do. Amen. Let's stand. Where's the musicians? Let's come. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.